left to do is say the blessing. And uh, we'll go eat. Say amen right there. And uh, somebody said amen. I don't know who it was, but um, I, I, I'll try not to hold you long. Take your Bibles, if you will, the book of First Chronicles, chapter number 22. Uh, while you're turning there, good to see so many friends uh, here in church today. And uh, it's good to see Brother Piercy. Uh, I was, I, I, I wasn't even thinking about this, but I think my, mine and his friendship has matured. And I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Because this is one of the first times that he and I have like been together, or he knew I, went, you know, knew I was going to preach, and he didn't send me some kind of picture of a, like a monster clown. Now he knows I don't like clowns. Somebody, now if, you, if your uncle has like a clown ministry... I pray the Lord's great blessings on him, but he has not come into our church to present his work. And all God's people said, it's exactly right. So, brother, I mean, I'll try to pray and get ready to pray. I guess he's been on the road too many years or something. I don't know. But anyway, he'll send me that kind of stuff. That's what it is. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. I'm glad, you know, I mentioned about preaching behind Brother Martin. Of course, I've been nervous all morning getting here. And, uh, but preaching now gave me time to, uh, for my stomach to catch up with me when we was coming down them curves. And uh, praise God. Where I'm from, where I'm originally from, we had, we had no curves. I mean, it's sand, flat land. We got sand and we got gnats. And uh, so coming up in here, praise God, I, I, uh, I was struggling. And I uh, got saved three times coming around them curves. And, uh, but I'm glad that we made it. Amen. And I just enjoyed the singing. Thankful for, I, I want to say thank you to the church and pastor for having us. And um, we, we'll do our best to get to lunch in, in just a few minutes. But uh, thank you to our young people. They, they've been busy. They were, were in youth camp last week uh, with us. They were in church on Wednesday night. Uh, they helped us in a work day on Thursday. They uh, were in youth meeting last night and then here with us today. And so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm on cloud nine. I really am. And I'm just thankful for them and uh, being willing to go with us. All right, First Chronicles chapter number 22. Uh, this is a text that God has worked deep into my heart uh, several years now. And all this week, God just kept bringing it to my, to my heart and uh, to deal with today. And really, I believe it falls right in line with some of the things that we've heard preached. And so I want to try to give it to you. And uh, then Lord gave us just some fresh bread out of here. So I want to try to share that with you this morning. First Chronicles chapter number 22, verse number 1. All right, the Bible said, and David said, This is the house of the Lord God. Automatically giving us the, the context and what, what's uh, happening in the text. And the Bible said, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers... And he set masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors of the gates, and for the joinings, and brass in abundance without weight. Also cedar trees in abundance. For the Zidonians and they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. Now here's the purpose of what what we're reading about. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender. You ought to beg God to keep you in your youth, to keep you tender. Tender to him. Just real tender. Don't get hardened by bad experiences. Don't let the devil take away the purity of your life. You ought to beg God to keep keep you in your youth, keep you tender. Amen. And the house that is to be built for the Lord must be, must be exceeding magnificent of fame, 
and glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. That's what David's doing. God's working. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called Solomon his son and charged him to build and house for the Lord God of Israel. Notice verse number, I believe verse number 16. The Bible said as the gold and the silver and the brass and the iron, there is no number. Arise therefore and be doing and the Lord be with you. And I want to talk to you a little bit about arise and get busy for the Lord is with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for letting us be in your house again today. And God, for the good word of God that has helped me. I, I have been helped today. It has been well worth the trip. Thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to, uh, Lord, to get out what you put in me. And Lord, you just stay on task. And, and uh, God, to make good use of our time. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you for being good to me. I thank you for youth meetings just like this that you let me be in where commitments were made that are still strong in my heart and in my life today. God, I pray, Lord, that you preach to me. God, preach through me. Help your people. Now, thank you for that. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. The Bible is uh, giving us the subject here about the building of the temple. And when you look at our, our text that we're, uh, we're given... Uh, it is going to specify beginning about the location of where the temple is going to be built. So David has the location and he has the right place. And when I begin looking at that, we're reminded that they built the temple uh, according to this passage and then 2 Chronicles chapter number 3 that they are going to build the temple in the threshing floor uh, of a man by the name of Ornan. Uh, look in your Bible just uh, in the last chapter in verse number 22 and 23. Uh, the Bible is going to specify about the gift that was given uh, involving Ornan's threshing floor. And so David comes to him in the preceding chapter and when he asks for the threshing floor, uh, Ornan willingly is going to give it to David. I, I noticed verse number 23, the, the verse closes out by uh, reminding us that Ornan gave it all, held nothing back. And God is interested in you and I giving our all. Amen. And a lot of people, Brother Philip, they're, they're giving their all for things in the world. And uh, they give their all for sports and idolatry. And uh, surely if they can do that for something that's never been good to them, surely you and I can give our all for God. And uh, by the way, what a privilege it is of what we get to do for Jesus. Amen. I'm glad we don't have to sing for him. We get to sing for it. And uh, we don't have to preach. We get to preach. Amen. As a matter of fact, it's Saturday. Thank God Sunday's coming. And I don't have to go to church in the morning, but thank God I get to go to the house of God and uh, be around God's people. And, and so David, uh, or Orton, gives that to David. And I want to point out this as we're just, just getting our wheels going. The Bible said in verse number 23 of that, chapter, it said, an Ornan said to David, take it to thee and let my Lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. And so David asked for this threshing floor, this livelihood uh, that Ornan has, 
And, and when he gives that to David, he, he goes ahead and he says, David, I, I, I don't know what you're going to do with it. I, I don't know what you're going to make out of this. Uh, but I do know this, that when I give it to you, you're welcome to do whatever you want to do with it. Uh, you ought to give your life to God. Say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to change. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I trust you enough uh, that you've never made a mistake and you've never let me down uh, and you've never been wrong. So just go ahead and give it to God and let God do with your life what God wants to do, amen. Sometimes, and that's nothing wrong making plans and having dreams and ambitions, but any time in your life that God wants to, He should have the right to step right in and change everything that my life and your life brings honor to God. And so it, it points out the place, and, and then you find David's attitude. I love this. The Bible said in verse number 3, and David prepared. And, and then the last uh, phrase of verse number 5 says, So David prepared abundantly before his death. Da David realized that, that my days are numbered, and so I, I, I've got to give everything I've got while I have a chance to do it. He, he, he is laying a foundation so that when Solomon comes along, he'll, he will be able to build and to work. Now we know that David doesn't build the temple. I'll mention that in just a minute. But I'll tell you what David's doing. David is doing what he can while he can. You, you see, I, believe it or not, as you get older, you need to learn to do what you can while you can. You're never going to be in better shape than you are right now. Can I get a witness from the adults right there? I mean, you, you're never going to be uh, uh, able to have the energy you have as you have right now. These youngins can go all night. They can live off of Whoppers and pizza, and uh, they don't know what Rolades are and Tums are, and uh, they don't know what belly aches are just yet. They's going to come uh, when age is going to set in. I, I'm glad to encourage you that. Uh, you're going to need a little bit more makeup one day. Somebody help me right there. Yeah, you might need a little bit more Tylenol, uh, but you better give everything you've got to God had purpose in your mind. I'm going to serve Jesus. You don't have to wait till you're a grandma. You don't have to wait till you're a daddy. I mean, just give everything you got to God. Had purpose in your life. I'm going to serve God now. I'm going to serve God today. And I'm going to give my best for Jesus. Amen. And so David does that. And then in verse 7 through 8, watch it now. Uh, desire is met with the reality. And the desire that David said, David said, it was in my mind to build the house in verse 7. And, but in verse number 8, he, he said, God would not let me because I had shed innocent blood or shed blood abundantly. So David is saying, I'm wanting to do this, but there's something in my past that's keeping me from doing what I want to do today. Listen to me now. You, you, Brother Howard, why, why do you preach against sin? And, and why do these men preach the way they do? Because you never know what you're going to want to do for God down the road. And you never know the open doors and opportunities that God has. And so in your youth, don't ruin your body. Don't give your body to Hollywood. Don't give your body to the world. Don't give your mind to pornography. Don't ruin your life. I mean, keep your mind clean. And keep your body clean. And keep your heart clean. So that God can do what He will. Amen. 
I'm going to tell you, believe it or not, it's already been said. We're in your corner tonight and God, or this afternoon and God's putting a good work together. There's just no telling what God's going to let you do. But I can't wait for the crop to come in. I can't wait to see what God does in your life. I can't wait to see you in a Sunday school class. I can't wait to see you on a bus route. I can't wait to see you in the pulpit. I can't wait to see you leading music. That's to keep your life clean. That'll keep your heart clean. And let God use you the way that he wants to use you. Amen. So David does all of these things in helping Solomon. Uh, just a few thoughts. I, first I noticed this, that when Solomon comes in, he's going to benefit from what David does. The first thing I noticed is that Solomon uh, would enjoy provisions that he didn't earn. Now think about this. Uh, we know Solomon is great. But when he comes in to begin this work, he is receiving the benefits and the blessings of a generation before him. In other words, he's not buying, but he is receiving uh, freely of the sacrifice of somebody else. Uh, that amazes me how many of us, we are uh, benefiting from the sacrifices of those before us. You say, Brother Aldridge, what, what do I do with that? Can I, I know this ain't deep. I'll tell you what God's looking for. He's looking for a generation of young people who just know how to thank God for His goodness in their life. They're not rejecting their heritage. They're not pushing back against their pastor. But they know how to come to the house of God and say, thank you, Jesus, for my church. I thank you, Jesus, for my pastor. I thank you for my youth group. I thank you for the church I go to. I thank God for the talents you have. But God's looking for somebody that knows how to worship God and to thank God for being so good to us. Man, I'm telling you, I don't have to tell you how good God's been to you. You know God has been good to you. I mean, praise God. I like one fellow said, when you got saved, God loaded your wagon. Somebody help me right there. I mean, he's looking for a young boy somewhere that knows how to raise his hands toward heaven. And say, thank you for the clothes on my back and the shoes on my feet. I thank you for a nice warm bed to sleep in. I thank you for groceries on the table. I thank you for a Christian mama and a Christian daddy. I mean, praise God, don't you sit there like a bump on a pickle. You ought to thank God for being so good to you, amen. Hallelujah, that's right. We thank God. I thought about this. You you can't worship with unthankful people. You you can't serve with unthankful people. You, oh, come here now. You you can't even fellowship with unthankful people. Listen to me. What one generation takes for granted may not be around for another generation to enjoy. See, here's what you are. You're, you're the recipient of the goodness of God. And if you take it for granted, you may lose the goodness of God in your life and miss out on it in your generation. But God puts you in place so that you can pass, oh, hallelujah, so you can pass it down to another generation so that they'll know just how good God is and that they'll know that our God is a real God. So, I thought about this. He had provisions he didn't earn. Secondly, hurriedly, he would enjoy victories from battles that he never fought. 
Look in verse number 9. The Bible said, Behold, a son shall be born. Talking about Solomon. Who shall be a man of rest. And I would give him rest from all his enemies round about him. For his name shall be Solomon. And I would give him ready peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. Now what he's telling him is this. David, you, you, you fought some pretty rough battles. Matter of fact, you, you had to fight some, uh, some very well-known battles. But when your boy gets here, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for him. I'm going to give him some rest. But the only reason Solomon has rest is because of the battles that his daddy fought. So that, that's why there's a generation in the world that don't mind burning buildings down because they ain't never built nothing. Now they, they can strike a match and tear something up but they can't build nothing because they've gotten over and never realized how good they've really got it. And, and so, uh, Miss Kim, when I, when I think about this passage here, I think about the generation before us. Uh, they overcome busted homes. Uh, they overcome addictions. Uh, they overcome abuse. Uh, they overcome being let down. Yeah, so that you would never have to know about that. I say thank God for the grace of God that can reach down and turn a life around. Uh, I thank God for grace bigger than alcohol and grace bigger than drugs. I want to say you thank God the same grace of God can keep you from the drugs. It can keep you from the mess. It can keep you from a busted home. I say thank God for His grace in my life. Amen. I told our young people this recently at church. I said grace stepped into your family's world and changed their life. And if you go to the world, you better be careful not to step over grace. Praise God. Hey listen. That crowd, uh, they had all these battles. Yeah, but you and I get the joy, the spoils of victory. Now you probably wouldn't know this or not, but growing up, I, I wasn't ever real good at fighting. But I had big friends. I, 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 was, a little bit, I was a little bit mouthy. Come on now. I was good at getting it stirred up. And then when the fight break out, where's Brother Aldridge? Somebody help me right there. And... Uh, I'm telling you, you think about those that have fought battles for you. Praise God. Oh, thank God for those who laid in the trenches. As the man of God just preached, thank God for those who kept the buzzards away and the dogs away. Thank God for those who were praying for you before you ever got here. Thank God for those who went up in their mind. I'm going with God. Thank you, Lord, for the heritage and the blessings of others that fought battles for you. Let me give you this. God did a good work. If I can even say this. God did an amazing work in, in some of your family's lives. Praise God, don't you be the one that leads your family back into it. Hey, man. Praise God, left Lodabar, never to return. The best thing ever happened to me is when Jesus saved me at 14 years old. I didn't need what the world had then, and I don't need it now. If you can look on the inside, what I have is a whole lot better than what they have. It's a lie. It's false. It'll fall through. But thank God Jesus is better today than he was yesterday. It's sweeter now than it was yesterday. It is a joy of getting to live for him. You've got to hurry, watch this. He would enjoy a relationship that would carry him through when his father had to leave him. Look, look in your Bible, verse number 10. He says, and he shall build a house for my name 
But he's going he's to do something great. And God already said he's going to give him some peace. And he shall be my son. And I'll be his father. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now what was he telling him? He said, David, I, I know it's natural for you to worry about your boy. I didn't know what worry was till I had kids. And so I can't even imagine what I'm going to be when grandkids come along. I'm just going to wrap all of them up in a big old bubble wrap ball. Somebody help me right there. And, but here David is. And David knows I'm going to go. And God is saying, David, you don't have to worry about that because just like I was with you, when your hand lets him go, my hand will be right there with him. Praise God. How many of us today or this afternoon have had to go on after saying goodbye to some of our heroes? And I, what a wonderful thing. I'm glad that God is not limited by presidential reigns. He is not limited by years. Amen. He is not limited by a span. But He is God Almighty. What God did for your mama and what God did for your daddy, God will do it for you too. If God sent revival then, He can send revival now. If God saved souls then, He can save souls now. He is not sick. He is not done. He didn't finish up when your grandpa went to heaven. He didn't die in the 60s and 70s and 80s. He's alive now. He's real now. And he's just looking for some young people that will still believe God. Amen. When Timothy had to continue without Paul he could, flip, he could read First, Second Timothy 1, 7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of a sound mind. When Joshua had to continue without Moses, he had Joshua 1.5, As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. When Elisha had to continue on with that Elijah, he had the promise of a double portion. I'm just here to tell you, thank God, he's just looking for a boy or a girl who would just believe God the way your hero did and what God did for them. He'll do it for you too. Amen. Now watch this. I, I thought about this. Can you imagine... Here Elisha is, and he's getting ready to part waters. I wonder if he stopped for just a minute and thought, well, I wonder, and I know I know, ain't much, but I want to do it just like my hero did it. Somebody help me now. I'm not looking for it to be different. I want to be identified with those that went on before me. Amen. I was talking to somebody last night, and they was talking about somebody giving out some new strange doctrine, and I, I guess I wasn't smart enough to keep up with them, and here's what I said. I said, well, I said, if Dr. Seidler and, and my pastor Tony Finney and, and Brother Milton Taylor, if, if they ain't minded out yet, I better be careful about what new thing I come up with. Somebody help me right there. We're not trying to run from the old time way. We're not trying to abandon our heritage. There's got to be some young people who will pay the price and jump in line and say, I'm going with God. I want that God. I want that power. And what God does for them, God will do it for you too. One of you ladies may very, young ladies may very well be the power source of prayer behind the future of your choice or the future of your church. You ought to step up to the plate and do something for God. The last thing I notice, I'll give you this quick, I'm about done, stay with me. Notice that when Solomon comes along, he's going to have an action or an expectation that David didn't have. Now think about this. We, we know that David was the youngest. And a matter of fact, when, when Samuel came along, 
there, there was no, uh, nobody said, wait a minute now, we can't start till David gets here because he's the most important or he's the leader. In their eyes, when they said where there's one, the youngest, that was their marking him as, he probably ain't going to mount enough. But David didn't care about all that criticism. He's after, he's after keeping sheep. So he looks at David and says, well, you know, David's going to be the king and he's going to do all these things. And so you look at David and you say, well, uh, does he have any kingly background? No, he didn't got any kings in his background, but there's going to be one coming in his future, praise God. Somebody help me right there. And they look at David and they don't have, they, they never, everything in David's life is a product of overcoming expectations. Can I say thank God for overcoming expectations? It doesn't matter what side of the track she's born on. What matters is what side of the cross you die on. Amen. And, and so nobody ever expected that. And God took that shepherd boy. And, and God made a king out of a shepherd boy. And a warrior out of a shepherd boy. And a leader and a worshiper. And somebody that, that loved to magnify God. I, I know David had faults and I know the failures. But you're talking about a man that the Bible said had a, had a heart for God. And, and on and on and on. And so he overcomes what everybody thought he would be. Is anybody in here? Aren't you glad? that God is not bound by expectations. If it were, you wouldn't be in church this morning. Your family wouldn't be in church tomorrow. But aren't you glad that God came by and He stepped in and He overcame expectations? I say thank you, God. Amen. All right, but when Solomon comes along, aren't you, that's David's boy there. Young people, listen to me. You, you talk about pressure. Anybody feel any pressure? It's expected of me. But you ought to thank God for that. But nobody looks over there and says, yep, that boy over there, he'll be like the rest of them. He'll be a drug dealer. That boy over there, he'll, be a, he'll, he'll blow out. He'll do that. You ought to thank God that when people look at you, they'll say, that's, that's, that's Brother Carl's boy. That's Brother Ben's daughter. That's James Aldridge's grandson. And, and uh, that, oh look, that's Pastor Finn's granddaughter, and all those kinds of things. Uh, and, and and we look at that, and sometimes the devil will use that pressure against you. Praise God, turn that thing around. Pray. Oh hallelujah! When they think you should get out, you just go ahead and stay in, and you just stay right with God, and you just live up to your potential, and you just stay around the good things of God. And one of these days, your exposure will turn into your experiences, and you'll see how big God is and you'll see what God can do just stay with it amen can I I tell you something right now 42 he mentioned that about his daddy my daddy went to be with the Lord about a year and a half ago Christmas right before Christmas of 2021 daddy went home be with the Lord praise God if he was here right now I'm with you preacher praise God I'd hug him I'd kiss him I'd wash his, I'd, oh, I know we don't believe in foot washing and all, but I, I don't know what all I'd do. I just know I'd be glad to see him, amen. And I'm glad there's a reunion day just around the bend. But I want to tell you, thank God for a daddy that one day met up in his mind. You don't belong to the world. We gave you to God and you're going to live for Jesus. I thank God for a mama who wouldn't stand by and let the world take her boy. I thank God for a mama that knew how to touch heaven. That's I ain't going to just stand by and let you go to hell without me praying for you. 
that you got a hold of God. Thank God for my heritage. Thank God for the sacrifice. I say thank God for the good kind of peer pressure. I thank God for the potential that was there. They paved the path and I get to enjoy what they gave me. Oh, don't you feel sorry for us? Don't you feel sorry for us? Thank God. We're just living the best life you can live. We're just got the best crowd you can run with. We're just in the best places you can be. Don't feel sorry for us. Embrace what God gave you. So, now it boils down to success. So there's some things God gave here. Let me give you this real quick. Real friend, let me give you this. I'll be done. We're going to go eat. I don't know what we're eating, but I bet it'll be good. Now, verse 12 through 13, his success ended up hinged on the scriptures. Because here's what he told him. Verse 12 and 13, he uses the term, Lord, give thee wisdom and understanding. Give thee charge concerning Israel that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. Then he said in verse 13, thou shalt prosper. Thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. He told him, he said, I'm going to tell you what you're going to have to do to be, be prosperous, Samson. I'm Solomon. You're going you're gonna to have to learn to stay in that book. Listen, I, how many of you young people have heard a preacher tell you that you need to get in your Bible? Raise your hand. Can I just go and tell you something? That ain't changed yet. Because here's the truth, you ready? Because God will do with you what you do with that Bible. And here's the one, you say, you, how close you are to his book and his word. That's every, really, is how you can test how close I am to him. Listen, young people, wonderful day in your life. Well, that's not just a novelty you carry to church. It's, just, it's not just another accessory with the outfit. But buddy, it is bread, and it is water, and it is life, and it is meat, and it is milk. It'll give you strength when you're weak. It'll comfort you when you're afraid. Hallelujah. It's, I'm telling you, you've got to get in your Bible, and don't just get in it. Let it get in you. Amen. His attitude toward the Scriptures. Look at the willingness to serve. This is probably where... I would say after being in a good good weeks of youth camp, had some seen some good have some good youth meetings, being in some good weeks of youth camp. This is probably, I would say, the threshold that needs to be crossed. Look what he told him. He said, "Okay, look in the same chapter, twenty-two, verse number sixteen." He said, "Okay, if the gold and the silver and the brass and the iron, there is no number. Can't even number. Can you even count all the blessings?" Amen. He said, "Arise, therefore, be doing, and the Lord be with you." He said, "Okay, Solomon, it's your time." To get up and do something. We got to come here today. Got to hear brother. Got to hear brother Piercy sing and exhort us. I love to hear brother Stacy sing. I love to hear him exhort. It's great. Got to come in today, and these are these are young men. Say amen right there, brother Mark. Preach, praise God. I like when people call me young. I know I ain't, but anyway, I like to hear it. Yeah. Brother Philip, how old are you preaching? Let me ask you, how old are you? 48 years old. These are men serving, living. But you know what's going to happen one day? Everything you depend on them to do, it's going to be your turn to do it. 
what will be the spiritual atmosphere at your church tomorrow if it was just dependent on the young people? What, what work would go out? What, what, how, Brother, Brother McKinnon, in, in missions, how, how many missionaries would still be on the field if you young people, if it was your responsibility to get them on the field? Come on now. Listen, oh, oh, listen, I'm your cheerleader. Please understand what I'm saying. I'm your cheerleader. I am your I ain't wearing a tutu and I ain't wearing I ain't having some pom-pom, but I'm your cheerleader. Somebody say amen right there now. Listen, let the word get in you. Get involved in worship. But don't shy away from the work. Your listen, your church and your preacher. What David said is, Solomon, it's on you now. Hey, listen, listen, listen. It's on you now. What, what would happen, preacher, Brother Stratt, at your church in the morning if your young people showed up with the mindset, I'm ready to have church today? What would that do for you, preacher? Yeah. Brother Nick, what would that do tomorrow with your young people? Brother Dotson, what would that do over there at your place tomorrow? Brother Pitt, what would that do if your young people showed up tomorrow, pulled up to the table and say, preacher, I didn't come to be seen. I, I'm not worried about what so-and-so's got. I'm not worried about this. And I, I come today to find out where I can get under the load with you. Your church needs you. Your pastor needs you. Your man of God needs you. Uh, the ministries that are going out from your church needs you. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you don't know what joy is until you find your place and your hands on the plow, knowing you're in the will of God, knowing you're in the right place. You don't know joy yet till you just get involved with the work. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. All right, so he, 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 he looked at him and he said, Arise, get up, get, get, this is your time, your day, your hour. Amen. All right, now notice his commitment. Here's his commitment is in verse 19. Look what he said. Set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord God. Arise therefore, here it is again. Arise therefore, build you the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built to the name of the Lord. What was he saying? Here is your job. Finish it. Paul said, I fought a good fight. Finished. One of the most powerful words in your Bible. Finish. Young people, finish. Hey, wait a minute, brother. I got my whole life. I know. But you ain't going to finish right if you don't leave here right today. He told him to keep his life committed to the sanctuary. I'm done right here. Listen. He didn't tell Solomon to rename it, say it's your house. He didn't tell Solomon, Solomon, you're not going to get the glory. He just said, Solomon, you, you do what I've asked you to do. You finish what I've, what I've given you to do. And it will bring honor and glory to me. And by the way, praise God. Can you believe God really lets us do this and be a part of this? I can't, I can't hardly believe. Sometimes I have to beat somebody, but I have to pinch me, praise God, that God lets us do this. God wants you to get right in line and pour your life into the church. And the church will pour life back into you. 
I don't, I don't have a secret. I don't have it. Somebody said, Brother Always, what about young people turning out right and this and that? And I'm thankful for all the Lord lets us. I don't have the secret code. I don't have the combination. But I'm telling you this. Those young people that stay tied to the work and the word and worship are some young people I'm seeing go through, get graduate high school and never miss a lick. They stay with God. And you can do that too. But you're going to have to rise and get busy. God has laid a wonderful foundation. Don't just take from it. Build on it. If all you do in your life is take from it, your children and your grandchildren aren't going to have what you have. You are going to have to build on it. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed. Musicians are coming. I want to pray with you. I know we've had invitation time, but I'm leaving from here. It's heavy in my heart, heavy in my heart for some commitment, commitment about being involved in the work, rising to the occasion, and doing what God has asked us to do. Father, in Jesus' name, I love you. I thank you for being good to us. God, help me to fall in love with the work of God all over again. Thank you, Lord, for putting fire in our soul and joy in our heart today. Thank you for being so good. Help us now. Help some young people leave this meeting today. Go to their church tomorrow and make an eternal impact on their services and on their work that goes out. Help us to be involved in Jesus' name. Amen.